0: Welcome to the On-Premise IT Podcast, the only show that dares to be both on-topic or on-premise and sometimes on-premises or on-location. Each time we meet, we bring together a group of IT experts to discuss a single idea. On today's episode, we're talking about repatriation from the cloud, which sounds a little bit strange coming from a group of people who are going to Cloud Field Day.
1: But before we get into that topic, let's quickly meet who's on the panel today. Hi, my name is John Meyer, chief marketing and content creator at Meyer Media. You can find me at johnmeyer.com.
2: Hi, my name is Michael Levan. I'm a consultant and a content creator, and I primarily focus in the Kubernetes and containerization space.
0: And I'm Stephen Foskett, organizer of Tech Field Day and publisher of Gestalt IT. You can find me at s sfoskett on most social medias, and you can find me here on the On-Premise podcast, along with utilizing CXL on the weekly IT news rundown at Gestalt IT. So uh, we have been talking about this whole thing about hybrid cloud for a long time. And, and before you reach for the bucket, when I say hybrid cloud, please, please stick with me. Um, so uh, yeah, the term has gotten watered down and yeah, it's been used in some unsavory ways by some vendors. But the truth is that cloud is kind of not cloud. Uh, you know, We went from sort of the, our irrational exuberance, everything needs to be in the cloud phase to a much more measured approach now. And um, Michael, let's start with you. Uh, What are you seeing in terms of enterprises looking at the cloud with a little bit more wisdom and a little bit more skepticism and maybe moving some workloads back on on site?
2: Yes, I would say for the past maybe two, three months or so, I've just been seeing a lot of talk just on social media in general about the whole cloud thing not giving us the cost savings that we thought, uh, the resource savings that we uh, thought, and ultimately organizations thinking like, Hey, should I move back on prem? But as we all know, migrations take a long time. It take it took organizations forever <laughs> to go from on prem to the cloud. So I imagine at this point we're going to see a lot more hybrid, which is you know both. We're going to see a little bit on prem. We're going to see a little bit in the cloud.
1: So here's a question: Are we seeing a lot of folks come back from the cloud completely, or are we seeing a lot of folks actually going in a hybrid type uh, approach where they're really starting to integrate not only those data centers into cloud? or vice versa?
2: It's a good question. I I would say for the new organizations, like the startups and stuff, for example, they're all kind of starting in the cloud, right? Just because it's easier. Nobody wants to go spend a million dollars at a data center when you can do a pay-as-you-go model in the cloud. Um, But for the organizations that were on-prem, then in the cloud, They've been kind of thinking for, you know, however long X amount of time that, okay, well, this isn't giving us the, uh, the cost benefits, the resource benefits that we originally thought. So now they're kind of shifting back in a sense. And this isn't going to be a shift that's going to happen like that. You know, it's kind of just starting to happen. Uh, I think I personally saw a lot of it being talked about after Basecamp. Uh, they, they put out that big blog post where they essentially said we're moving off of AWS.
0: Yeah, we're definitely seeing that with, uh, with Field Day as well. We're seeing a lot more companies coming in with uh, solutions that allow smarter workload placement, whether it is uh, something that um, b- basically allows you to build your own cloud, something that allows you to extend uh, the cloud into the data center, uh, a, a overarching platform for what has been called multi-cloud or hybrid cloud that allows you to kind of get the, bo- the best of both worlds. Uh, and, and I think that all of this points to this direction, that companies are just getting a lot smarter about uh, on-premises IT as well as uh, uh, cloud IT. Steven,
1: so, you know, I think you mentioned and indicated really in the beginning in the intro, is that everybody saw cloud as the de facto, the go-to. We gotta get to cloud, let's go, go, go. You get to cloud and then all of a sudden they realize their bill, their usage, their skill set, the education, the culture, all that stuff's not in place. And now they're spending a lot more and they don't realize that it's a real time on demand variable cost rather than fixed. So they're like, oh, we got to go back to what we once did. We're moving back from the cloud, which is not the factor. In fact, I think a lot are starting to realize that we need to slow down, put in the methodology, put in a thing and let's integrate our existing on premise or premises into the cloud and actually talk between those and do a slow methodical migration and understand our daily like a crawl, walk, run type methodology.
2: Yeah, and I would say that's probably where like you're seeing Azure Stack HCI, you're seeing Google Anthos, you're seeing EKS Anywhere. Like these platforms or tools, whatever you want to call them, have been around for a little bit. But I think now we're just kind of starting to see them uh, getting talked about a little bit more. Um, and even just the overall uh, server management pieces like Azure Arc, for example, like they have a Kubernetes uh, management plane, I guess you can call it, but you can also manage servers and stuff that are on-prem. And so like, we're definitely seeing a little bit more of that talked about as well.
0: Yeah, let's talk about some of the specifics here and some of the specific tools. I'm, I'm really glad that you mentioned, you know, outposts and, and so on, because I think that those are uh, sort of a a low-hanging fruit way of repatriating data from the cloud. Uh, But, of course, uh, as you mentioned as well, there's a lot more than that. So what are the ways in which companies are building a real, for real this time, hybrid cloud?
2: Yeah, so I would say definitely something like Azure Stack, HCI, Google Anthos, EKS Anywhere, AWS Outpost, like you said, depending on what cloud they're kind of running in right now. Um, And then I I guess the other reality too is like OpenStack, for example, right? Like I kind of saw somebody talking about OpenStack on Twitter the other day and they were like, Oh whoa! People were commenting like, "Oh, is this still a thing?" I'm like, "Yeah, it's it's been it's been a thing. It has it didn't go anywhere. It just like wasn't the hot thing that people were talking about, but like it was it's still there." So even something like OpenStack, where it gives you the ability to like have that cloud feel, so your engineers, so your developers feel like they're building cloud native, but at the same time you're managing it and you can send data and retrieve data from you know public cloud as well. So you can definitely have a true hybrid model in that fashion. Versus just, you know, racking and stacking, putting in Azure Stack HCI box in a data center somewhere.
0: Yeah, I think it's fun to kind of uh, rip on OpenStack and say, oh, that's old school. It's just like Docker. I mean, I think it's fun to say like, oh, Docker, come on, man. But you know what? It's everywhere. The other thing I was hearing a ton about, uh, especially at KubeCon this year, is uh, OpenShift. Um, there's a massive amount of uh, OpenShift deployment going on out there. you seen that too? Yeah,
2: yeah, because you can actually do it on-prem and in the cloud. So, like, you can run it on AWS or Azure if you want. You can run it, like, on bare metal if you want to. They have a bunch of different installation options for, like, regular just bare metal or if you want to install it on an ESXi box and VMware, or whatever the case may be. So, yeah, that's that's definitely an option as well. I would I would say that that's more of, like, a PaaS or a platform as a service option versus a hybrid option. But, yeah, of course, yeah, I'm definitely seeing that as well.
0: So you're not seeing uh, on-prem open st- open shift, sorry.
2: <laughs> um, not a whole lot personally. I am seeing a lot of it, but it's more in the cloud versus on-prem. Yeah, and but maybe that'll change. But I I haven't I haven't seen any data about that actually changing yet.
0: Good, and 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 then kind of moving more into the Kubernetes world. Uh, you know, Rancher, another one that I think a lot of people have have sort of you know oh you know that was last no way no man ranchers ranchers i'm using rancher um there's a lot of alternative i mean what are the what are the kubernetes um, distributions that are taking hold is there any tanzu what do you think
2: i don't personally see tanzu used Uh, i know i have a few colleagues at vmware that work on it and it it's I personally like it. I think it's a really cool platform. I just don't see it used all that much. Um, but I see Rancher, I see Portainer, I see Lens. Um, I'm, uh, K9S I think is, no, I think that that's not the right one. I forget, there's a fourth one that I typically see. I just, I forget off the top of my head. But those are more like orchestration managers whereas a Kubernetes distro would be something like Azure Kubernetes Service, Elastic Kubernetes Service, Google Kubernetes Engine, OpenShift kind of, I would say that that's like a Kubernetes distribution as well, so yeah, you have have the orchestrator managers and then you have the distributions themselves.
0: Okay, and and so uh, take us up the stack then. Uh, Managers, uh, what are you seeing in in real time?
2: Yeah, so managers in terms of like the orchestration managers for like multiple clusters, for example. Yeah, so I would say the two biggest that I see are Rancher and Portainer. Um, I would say from a cloud perspective, the biggest is I would say Azure Arc right now. I think, and this is just my opinion, (laughs) I think Anthos has way more options like they, there's a service mesh that you can use. There's there's a bunch of different nifty Kubernetes related features that are in Anthos. I just don't see it used as much as Arc. But I would say those would probably be the top four that I see right now. And then from a like, let's say for example, you want to manage your home lab, or maybe you know there's one DevOps engineer on your team that just wants one place to manage you know all of their Kubernetes clusters, but nobody else is really doing it. You'll probably see something like Lens used.
0: Well. Um, and, and Rancher, of course. I mean, the, the nice thing about Rancher is that K3S is so lightweight right. and it works so well with it, and um, that's a surprise. Um, it, it, it's really, really great for a small environment.
2: Absolutely, yeah. So, like, from a uh, business enterprise perspective, I see Portainer and Rancher primarily used as, like, the orchestration managers, yeah. All
0: right. So so I, what I'm hearing is that there are a ton of tools. Uh, there's a lot of ways that you can, that you can do this. And, and those of us, like the three of us, are, are deploying this stuff. We've got labs, um, you know, we, we, we're able to do this, you know, stretch from the cloud to the lab. Um, and, and of course, there's a whole world of other um, supporting applications as well. Things like, you know, storage enablement from something like, a, you know, like a Portworx, for example, to uh, optimization uh, software. Um, We're going to be hearing about, uh, you know, companies like Solo.io, you know, Morpheus is another, you know, field day favorite company that we hear a lot about. Um, Are there others in that sort of realm that that, that you're interested in?
1: I like Morpheus and a huge shout out to them because of their, and Brad's going to yell at me for using this single pane of glass kind of comment because the, the software really gives you that visibility into all the tools that you're utilizing throughout all of your environments aws azure uh, vmware other tools and you really don't have to go all over the place you're talking about like even management not only within the uh you know OpenStack, but management between all of your hybrid environment all of your clouds you know we we probably already talked about multi-cloud in one of these episodes But now we're talking about even just a cloud and your data center and managing that throughout, uh, you know, complete visibility without having to go through things. So there are a number of like third party tools that are very efficient in managing all the environments or at least giving you the, you know, 99% of what you need to get the work done.
2: Yeah, there. (laughs) Well, if you look at the CNCF landscape, there are over a (laughs) thousand tools. And, and there is a category in there for like managers, like orchestration managers. So there are they're a lot. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, at the end of the day, just like any other technology or platform that's in the same category, they're all kind of doing the same thing 80% of the way there just with their own spin on it. Uh, so I would say it's really more about like which one – has that specific feature that you're like, that's it, that's what we need for our environment. Because that's always the differentiator between these tools is like, they're all kind of doing the same thing, but they got one little thing that you're like, ah, that's it, that's what I need.
0: Absolutely. And, and I think that people get excited you know, when they see things. Um, ah, Stormforge is another field day company that people really have, have you know, loved, loved hearing about. Um, we're also gonna see networking stuff here. So we've got Forward Networks uh, talking about Digital Twin, Um, and uh, Avasa, which is another really, really interesting uh, entrant here as well. Um, Are you guys uh, familiar with the networking side of things?
1: I'm very familiar with the networking side and I'm interested in the digital twin aspect and seeing how that's gonna work because I know how it works in the AIIML space and really simulating what are the potential without having a huge cost or business impact on the solution. So everyone want to see how this is going to affect or be a solution for customers and how they're going to utilize it. I understand maybe, you know, if you think about it in not only a hybrid type environment where you make a single change or a single uh, flip of a switch report, what is the impact in downstream that's going to have without having in like an AB testing uh, that really actually drives the business without having an impact downstream?
0: Yeah, that's my understanding because the the, the thing that I've learned here is that uh, one of the reasons we need solutions like Avasa, for example is because networking is really really hard and it gets really really hard really really quickly when you have uh, complicated multi-cloud hybrid cloud uh, mobile application deployments you know and and so the idea that you could at least you know test uh, prototype and test uh, networking changes, uh, is really really important, and and we've been hearing so much about this, uh, the networking side of things. I mean, we've got networking Field Day happening um, the week before Cloud Field Day, and um, and even at other Field Day events, you know Tech Field Day, we're going to be hearing more about other networking companies. I don't want to make this all about Field Day, but it's like you know Field Day ends up being sort of a canary in the coal mine in terms of what are companies working on. And what are the new exciting areas of development? Because they come and they present this stuff. So yeah, the digital twin aspect I think is going to be a really interesting one to hear about, and I can't wait to hear what you guys think of it. Because, um, well, you know, it's it's going to be it's going to be really interesting.
2: Yeah. yeah, it's funny from from a networking perspective. I mean, like I started out my career in, in systems administration, and network administration. So like from the technical perspective of like what packets are, what subnets are, how to you know do all that. Like I I. I know, I still know that piece, especially in Kubernetes, like Kubernetes and overall containerization, I'd, I'd argue that like 70% of it is networking. So if you're not good with networking, that's like the first place you have to start. But, and and this is something that I, I should change because I know there's a lot of stuff going on in the space right now. I just, I haven't followed a lot of like the new and exciting tools that are happening from a networking perspective. Honestly, I'm always looking at Cisco and I'm always looking at Fortinet because those were the two vendors that I just always used throughout my career. But I, I got to check out some of the other stuff as well going on.
1: You know, Michael, this is really ironic that we're talking about networking and you just had a post today talking about Wireshark. Uh, and, you know, the communication around it question for you and, and Stephen, I don't mean to switch things up, but a question for you starting out, my career was in sysadmin and I found the value of understanding the network, the core principle about understanding how servers and everything work without it. I don't think I can really fully understand how cloud and the communication works. Uh, do you feel the same way that at least people should have the basis of networking to understand or work within any type of network or
2: you know cloud environment? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, you regardless of like what path you take, if you want to take the cloud native path, the on-prem path, the sysadmin path, the storage path, like whatever security path, there's not much you can do without networking. Like, if you don't understand the way routes work, if you don't understand the way ports work, if you don't understand the way subnets work, if you don't understand the way IPs work, that's just how data gets sent back and forth, right? Like, packets are packets regardless of whatever your specialty is. And regardless of if you're in the cloud or on-prem or on Kubernetes, it's all the same thing. And this is something that I, I push out a lot on social media. You know, a lot of my posts are around understanding what you need to know before you dive into kubernetes i post a lot of stuff about networking a lot of stuff about service mesh which is encrypting uh, routes back and forth and stuff like that without if i didn't have uh the opportunity to be a sysadmin, to be a network admin if i didn't have the infrastructure experience if i didn't have the networking experience i definitely wouldn't be able to work with kubernetes that's for sure
0: yeah i don't want to um Well, I don't want to make this sound too much like a love fest, but yeah, I actually read that blog post this morning and I really, really enjoyed it. I have to say, when I was learning, when I was coming up as a systems administrator, the best uh, education I ever got was Sniffer University and learning really how Ethernet works, like really, really how Ethernet works. And uh, don't tell Tom Hollingsworth this, but honestly, networking is one of those things that you you really have to understand in order to make cloud work. In order to make you know uh, even storage work, um, yeah. And, and another aspect that comes up too, um, you know, so you're mentioning Wireshark is security. And as you mentioned, so um, at, at Cloud Field Day, we're going to hear from Fortinet. Uh, they have well, Fortinet everything, but they have uh, specifically their FortiGate firewall. They have a version uh, that runs uh, in the cloud natively and is specifically optimized to protect uh, cloud applications. And that's what they're going to be presenting at Cloud Field Day. Uh, and that's I think an interesting angle as well because I think there again you know you've got a company with a long history in the enterprise that's coming in and saying like we've learned something about the cloud and we've tried to bring you know the, this this enterprise knowledge base to cloud compute um, security is a is a huge thing I mean you said networking is is, is uh, 70% of kubernetes Hardly agree. I think storage is a good 70% of Kubernetes, and security is another 70% of Kubernetes as well, um, in terms of, of what you need to learn.
1: Uh, so, Fortinet, I want to see what they're going to present, because back in 2015, I was like one of the original testers of FortiGate, the, the WAFs, everything implemented in AWS. And it had its quirks, but it worked out pretty well. I want to see the improvements that they did and how efficient it is, how lightweight it is, the integration for the manager. I want to see all those types of uh, stuff for cloud, because I think this is really key when you're utilizing these services that are not traditionally meant or weren't traditionally meant for cloud, but now have been refactored for cloud in an efficient manner for the scalability.
2: Yeah, I, I always loved Fortinet. I, I'll, I'll always remember just like being on the terminal, working in, in iOS for years, Cisco's operating system, not iPhone. Uh, and then just, <laughs> and then like seeing the UI in Fortinet, I was like, oh, wow, this is, this is uh, game changing stuff here. Like it was like the click, right? Where you didn't, you weren't on the terminal anymore and you were just like on this UI and you're like, oh, wow.
0: Yeah, it, it, absolutely. And and I think that that's, that's really the, uh, the most interesting thing is that you have to look at solutions not as is this newfangled or old-fashioned. You have to look at it as does this freaking work? Does this work in this environment? Is it designed to work in this environment? And I think that that's one of the things that we're really seeing a lot of. Um, there's going to be another secret presentation at Cloud Field Day that's going to be under embargo that we will release the videos later. But uh, a, a little spoiler is that it's the same kind of thing where you've got... A, um, a lot of enterprise experience, but then you've also got uh, a cloud native approach, a cloud native solution to a what is really an enterprise problem. And I think that that's the case with all of these things in that you know, enterprises are needing to figure out how to work in this new environment. And they need to get real about the fact that it's not just somebody else's data center. I know it's fun to say the cloud is just somebody else's computer, but it's totally not. I mean, yeah, okay, it literally is. But it, it is not just another computer, and, and it, it is fundamentally different. In fact, and, and the cloud is, is kind of bringing that fundamental difference back into the data center. And, I, and I'm really glad to see that because, frankly, we all needed a kick in the pants. Um, a lot of the uh, old-school data center concepts, especially networking and storage, were really showing uh, their, you know, they were pretty, getting pretty long in the tooth and there was a lot of tradition and a lot of things that we did because that's how we've always done it. And cloud, um, I, I think it was fun because, frankly, a lot of the cloud stuff was designed with very little understanding of networking or storage, especially, or security, um, because they totally just didn't understand those fields. But by having that new perspective, and that, it gave a breath of fresh air. And now we had to rethink that. And so, um, as you say, on the networking side, um, on the, the the security side on the storage side we had to say wait a second we don't have to do these things the way we always did them we can do these things completely differently and that's why that's I think one of the, the biggest values of cloud in the enterprise data center um, what, what do you guys think as, as people who've seen this happen uh, what are you looking forward to in the future of this hybrid cloud that includes the data center in the cloud uh, what, what what is the I don't know what are you excited about
2: yeah, so I would say the the biggest thing that I'm excited about, honestly, is, I mean, obviously, the tools and, and all the cool nifty features and things that are going to come out. But I'm really excited to see this shift uh, back to really thinking about things from an engineering perspective, because I feel like with the cloud, uh it gave us a level of abstraction where it was like people thought that they, that they didn't have to think anymore, and a lot of the new engineers that came in the past two three years that's what they're used to. So now, like whereas for us, like we went from on prem to cloud, now we're going back on prem. All the new engineers are going to have to go from cloud to on-prem, and it's going to be drastically different. But I am excited to kind of see like how that's going to form and what tools, maybe what certifications, like what what training is actually going to come out for stuff like that, because there may be, you know, like for example, the MCSAs went away, but maybe this is something where a server type of certification like that is going to come back again. And, you know, so I'm I'm excited to see like how the transition's gonna look for for engineers.
1: I think where everybody from like the engineers who were on premise and going to the cloud had to have a change or shift in mindset and understand what the cloud was about, how to implement and architect things. And then those who started out in the cloud now actually have to learn and educate and change the mindset of going on premise or in a hybrid type approach. It's almost like where everybody had to relearn or learn cloud in general, now they have to learn a data center. And I think that'll be unique where we actually have to educate people on what a data center is and how things are connected. And you actually might have to rack a server. I don't think you're ever getting away from racking a server or putting a server in there's going to be those you know, who's been around for a while, the enterprises who need a physical data center. That's why they developed AWS Outpost, because they know you're going to have stuff still in your data center or localized.
0: And at the risk of uh, getting a little bit too off, off topic here at the end, I'll also point out that uh, edge is another really critical area that is happening and all of these technologies, all of these techniques, everything we've talked about is applicable there too. And just like the physical environment of a data center versus the physical environment or the conceptual environment of the cloud is different, the, the physical and conceptual and, and, and infrastructure platform details at the edge have their own unique spin, but all of them are bringing this same technology to bear. And that's gonna be a really interesting aspect of IT moving forward as well. Um, so I, th- I really think that this is this is all uh, really really important stuff. This is what we're going to be talking about at Cloud Field Day. So we're going to be at Cloud Field Day um, tomorrow, uh, January twenty fifth, uh, for uh, presentations from some of these companies you've just uh, heard about. Um, you know, we're going to hear from Forward Networks. Uh, we're going to hear from Fortinet, uh, the secret company that I'll you'll tell you learn about later, and. Um, the event is nice and compact. We're going to be live streaming on LinkedIn as well as on the Tech Field Day website. Uh, this is uh, what do you guys think about Field Day? What's what are you looking forward to from Field Day specifically? Before
1: we go, all right. So from Field Day, the in person and seeing all the other delegates that we talked to remotely, the collaboration and I hate to use the pun networking on premise, premise premises.
2: Yeah, I would say uh, to to echo John, I I'm definitely looking forward to getting back on site for for conferences and to being able to talk to people and stuff. Um, you know, that's I would say that's definitely the biggest piece. I think that there's a a huge difference between doing something like this virtually and being in front of somebody. Um, you can see people's body language. You can see, you know, you can almost kind of feel how they're feeling, right? Um, so that's definitely a really cool thing. And then of course just. Understanding the latest and greatest and the emerging technologies. Um, I luckily being independent, I have the uh, opportunity to work with the latest and greatest whenever I feel like it. So I I like to definitely hear about all the new stuff that's coming out all the emerging technologies.
0: Well, that's great. Um, Before we go, john, uh, where can we connect with you and continue the conversation? Or is there something you're particularly proud of that you want to mention?
2: Yeah, so I want to tell
1: everybody uh, from Meyer Media, we create a lot of the content for Voice of the Customer, Customer Case Studies, Compelling podcast, And you can reach out to us, and I hate to use it, Stephen, at John Meyer for LinkedIn, or you can do it on Twitter at underscore John Meyer. You can also go to com forward slash Meyer Media for all your information. I look forward to connecting everybody. Don't forget to follow as well
2: yeah so for me you can uh, find me at michael levan on linkedin uh, the nnj devops guy on twitter i post way more on linkedin nowadays than i do on twitter a lot of long form stuff so you can just go on my page and get educated pretty quickly Um, i do anything and everything in the content creation space for kubernetes and containerization i focus on a lot of middle of funnel stuff so engineering focused practitioner led so if you go to my blog Dev2 uh, slash the NJ DevOps guy. If you listen to the Kubernetes uh, Unpacked podcast on the Packet Pushers network, you're going to get all, a lot of that middle of funnel practitioner, a lot of content.
0: Yeah, thanks for that. And I'm actually looking forward to Cloud Field Data seeing the two of you get together because uh, that uh, is, sounds perilous. Um. As for me, you can find me here uh, every week uh, with the On-Premise IT Podcast, also the Utilizing CXL Podcast on Mondays, and the Gestalt IT News Rundown on Wednesdays. If you enjoyed this discussion, please do give us a rating, uh, give us a subscription. It really, really does help. Uh, You can find us in all of your favorite podcast applications, and of course, you can also find us on YouTube slash Gestalt IT Video. This podcast is brought to you by GestaltIT.com, your home for IT coverage from across the enterprise and also producers of uh, Field Day events, including Cloud Field Day. For this uh, show notes and more episodes, just go to gestaltit.com slash podcast. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time.